We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show on this Wednesday night, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and now proudly sponsored by Dave's Hot Chicken, one of my favorite places to eat, and Spark OKC, one of my other favorite places to eat. (laughs) I am your host for this evening, J.D. Silva, joined by three fellows. First one being Jacob Niffin. What's up? Second one being Nicholas Crane. Got that number two slot. I'm rising not only in the standings on predicting games, but also on the intro. So it's a good thing to see. And last but certainly not least, Taylor Peterson. Certainly not least. Minor uh, setback for a major comeback. Exactly. So kept saying. Exactly. Uh, before we get started, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating if you haven't done so already. You can find us on Twitter, uh, X, you may call it now. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Taylor, how's TikTok going? You still keeping up with it? Like you said? It's been great. Uh, all-star break. You know, I've also been on a bit of an all-star break on TikTok, but numbers <laughs> all-star booming. break just starts in October and ends in March. <laughs> <laughs> Our comments are already yeah. firing. Every time Jake doesn't wear a hat. It is, hey, Every time. There's I'm embracing it. You should. We're here. Looks great. Look good, hey, dude. While no, you guys are here flaming me in the comments, go drop a like on the YouTube video as well, please. <laughs> That's the least you all could do for this. The least slander. you could do. If we get to 4,000 subs by End playoffs, okay. by playoffs, Jacob will not only come on the show without a hat, but he will also have the avatar arrow painted on his forehead. <laughs> uh, That's a big number. 4K that is, seems a like a, that 4K seems is a lot. 4K is a lot. Yeah. Do you agree, Jacob? 4K. Doesn't have to be a tattoo. (laughs) No, obviously. (laughs) Goodness gracious. (laughs) Not a tattoo. Just want to clarify. You can get Uh, just like a magic marker. Just go to town. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks a lot. My grandma. It's called called a Sharpie, dude. 
<laughs> have you guys seen marker? the TikTok of the little kid that's painting his face blue with the washable marker? And he says, "I'm." His mom says, "What are you doing?" He's like, "He said I'm Sonic Hedge Sonic the Hedgehog." <laughs> and then the follow up comment he has, which is not podcast uh, friendly, oh, so God. I cannot say it. No, I will share it with you later. If you're in the comments <laughs> or you. listening and you know what I'm talking about, it's one of the funniest videos I've watched. Um, I've already. I've met my quota of F-bombs on the podcast this season, so I can't uh, <laughs> talk anymore about this TikTok video. Okay. Oh, do we all have a quota? I, didn't, I need to do some research into that. Yeah, I think Nick is, Nick's got his in the bank for the Rockets game. Oh, that's a good one, <laughs> honestly. That's a good one. Uh, I'll save mine for the next Mavs game, probably. Ooh. See how that goes. Taylor, where are you going to drop your one F-bomb of the year at? When we make it to the Western Conference Finals, obviously. Oh, so nice. Taylor's going with a good F-bomb, not a bad F-bomb. 2025, Taylor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bank, uh, the, your F-bombs do not carry over to the following season, just yes. so you know. It's, good yeah, it's, now. Not, uh, it's not like your uh, time off hours. Right. Uh, boys, the Thunder are back after a, after a uh, feels like forever. It's been a while. We say often on this podcast. Long time. Been a while. It's been yeah. so long that we've had NBA basketball that we now have two NBA players, one former, one current, who are both doing very well in the media space, just attacking each other online and JJ Riddick and Patrick Beverly. And I'm like, brother, we need basketball more than ever right now. Just give us the games. <laughs> we had Nick Wright stepping up today. Yeah. yeah. A fellow Chiefs man. Nick Wright, I may add. Jeez. Yeah, it's a, a lot of discourse. Around we need, right we now. need that. Tomorrow night needs to get here. <laughs> Every even, podcast on my feed that's NBA related has been, how do we fix the All-Star game? How do we fix the All-Star game? Not, like, not just the Thunder, but like I've been a League Pass guy for a while now. Some of you guys became Jason Tatum fans recently. and got. I've always loved that guy. Love those shoes. Great <laughs> shoes. Got, uh, got some League Pass access as well. But I, I've, I've been a League Pass guy for at least four or five years now. Just to like have it in the background, like there's something about like cooking dinner, like on your phone, doing whatever, having some kind of game in the background, just like watching hoops, like we all love to do. Yeah. And like the first three days of this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's just been weird. It's just like what, that sucks. What, what do I watch? Like there's nothing to put on the TV. I'll turn it on and it's like some random West Coast mid-major basketball schools playing at eleven o'clock at night instead of like Warriors Lakers. It's just not the same vibe. Not the same. And also, we're at, out of the All-Star break. No football going on. Nothing to conflict with the national games. We'll have a lot more national games as well. Yep. So that'll be fun. There's Speaking of random stuff being on in the background, Nick, there is nothing better than, what, probably 10 years ago, watching playoff basketball late at night on TNT. You accidentally leave the TV on. You wake up at 2 a.m., do a Bones rerun. <laughs> Just from, beautiful, beautiful. You don't get that anymore with streaming. I miss the good old days. I know. Nothing better than a Bones rerun. Yep. Hey, Silva, before we dive in, uh, Nick was out in Indianapolis. Uh, Nick, can you give us the TLDR version of your experience out at All-Star Weekend? Yes. Um, maybe an unfair assessment of the city of Indianapolis, but it was horrific weather uh also a function of my poor planning i looked at the weather forecast on like monday or tuesday when i started thinking about packing it was like i don't know low of 
35, 40 high of, you know, 50, 55, like the weekend before it was in the sixties, the weekend after. So it's been the sixties. Uh, so I, I didn't pack anything besides like, like in terms of warm weather clothes, a sweater and a couple hoodies. And we land and I sent you guys a video in the Slack. Yeah. It's snowing six <laughs> inches. Um, all plans. Like I, I jam packed my schedule. Like I, I had plans of doing all-star stuff and OTE stuff and basketball without borders stuff. And it was like back to back to back to back. Or I was going to be like Ubering everywhere I went. Uh, ended up being like $400 of Ubers. Holy smokes. Of the weekend, which is a lot. Um, a function of uh, supply demand and, and surges and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it took me like an hour and 15 minutes at certain points of the weekend to get an Uber because there was not many people driving because of the weather. And um, <sighs> it, it was just, it was a lot. Everybody wanted an Uber because they couldn't walk the, you know, in, in most all-star weekends, you've got like the convention center, you've got the main court, you've got another court and you can walk. It's like a 20 minute walk. Like we do at summer league, right? We walk to UNLV. Uh, when it's three degrees and snowing, all of a sudden you don't want to walk. You want to catch a ride and everyone wants a ride at the same time. So the city itself, I need to go back and assess it. Uh, not a fan of Indy though, based on that experience, <laughs> the all-star experience. That was my second all-star to do. Uh, it was cool. Like seeing my biggest takeaway is like we're in this OKC bubble and like we know that Shea is a superstar and we know that Shea is a top player in this league, but you don't conceptualize how big of a star he is until you see him in a national setting where like all-star practice, six players get the actual interview room. Everybody else gets jam packed into this practice court and gets like, media all around them uh shay was one of the six in the entire nba that got the interview room and every event he went to like i'm not kidding you there was a line for autographs and pictures that was probably a thousand people long wow and just seeing him partner with like canada goose and at&t and like his face was everywhere the dude is a superstar like he is we know that in okc but it's i think it's officially like he is a worldwide icon now so it was, it was cool to see a guy from okc have that kind of pedestal at all-star weekend um i'm not in the camp that's super pissed about the all-star game like it's not supposed to, i don't think it's supposed to be like all this big competitive thing we all know that in the summer we would we've said this before we would pay money to watch these guys go play pickup and like these Chris Brickley runs and like we talked about the Embiid Chet runs like we'd pay money to watch that Nico Hines and right. UCLA we, yeah. we'd, we'd pay money to watch that but we won't for free watch the same guys run up and down and throw alley-oop dunks and play no defense the same way they do in that kind of setting so I don't think uh, it's quite the same in the summer <laughs> also the summer we are thirsting that's that's contact. a good point <laughs> it's it's all supply and demand like you haven't watched mm-hmm. the guys play in a while but it they're not playing that much defense in those runs for, because of injury reasons too. Like they're probably playing a little bit more defense, but if you go watch like the black ops runs, it's, it's not a whole lot. They're like pulling it from half court. It's BS. Ben um, Simmons is an all-star in the offseason. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, no, it was good weekend overall. Uh, worth the trip ready for San Fran. I think never been Jacob. You've been uh, San, San Fran's San, awesome. San don't Fran don't listen it. to uh, Charles Barkley, San Francisco. Okay. I've got uh, I've got some food wrecks for you when you're okay. out there. 
Um, cool place. Cool yeah. place. San Fran and LA are the next two years, which is quite the the difference from like the Chicago, Cleveland, Salt Lake, Indy stretch that we've been on. So next year, uh, I think there could be multiple All Stars, which would be kind of cool. So agreed. Uh, hey, before we move on from the All Star stuff, uh, the league recently announced uh, its updated requirements to host All Star game. You have to have seven thousand two hundred and fifty hotel rooms and a minimum of three five-star hotels. You have to have a convention center that's at least 650,000 square feet of exhibition space. It's not the convention center in totality, just the exhibition space. Yeah. And 75 nonstop domestic flights and at least 20 nonstop international flights to your airport to host NBA All-Star Weekend. Long story short, folks, doesn't matter when the new arena comes out without for OKC. We're not getting an all-star weekend. Okay, so I know Joe put out a story, and Joe's awesome, and and kind of put this in the spotlight. I've not read it or like looked into it yet. Um, is the assumption the big holdup there is the convention center space and not? The yeah, I think it's the flights. flights. The you think flights. so? I was thinking I, that twenty international. There's not a single international flight that comes into Oklahoma City. I haven't looked it up yet, but yeah. I haven't looked that up at all. I, I think the convention center space, like, do you guys remember going to at summer league? Um, there was like that fan crossover event thing where mm-hmm. you go yeah. and it's NBA just like, con NBA yep. con. Okay. So at all-star weekend, it's called crossover. It's the same concept. It's just yep. like booths and vendors and, and crossovers and collabs and events and games. And it's a massive space, but you also have to have, space for events like almost everywhere has two courts so like you could do the old i guess the current paycom and the new arena so you fit that bill the convention center space i just have no clue in okc where that would ever be a possible well so the thunder did media day that you and i went in that convention center spot that they i don't just think built. that's even that's close not... to big enough i, exactly. I don't think I, we, we didn't see the whole thing but that was I, my point Based on that, like that at the Omni you're talking about, like that little convention, right. like, that is That's nothing not compared to what we like in Vegas when we went to that yeah. uh, NBA con thing. Let me and, last thing, and we're going to transition because we got to get into some of the content, Silva. But the Omni in Oklahoma City, the end of January, so just a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, they hosted a, an anime con. So don't get me wrong, like Silva and I are anime nerds, right? My wife is a big anime nerd. So no shade at any, but we know what anime folks are generally like. (laughs) Same day, like us. Same day, same conference center. They also had a boat and tractor show. Goodness, that is quite quite the crossover there. Yeah, that's a hell of a complete opposite. (laughs) Fan fan bases. That's yeah. All right, JD. For for reference, real quick too, just like. On a single Google, it's crazy what the internet can do these days. Uh, <laughs> the OKC Convention Center that we're referring to, although it's five hundred thousand square feet in totality, like the actual exhibit hall space, which is where all the vendors and stuff are, is only two hundred thousand square. Feet. And it needs to be six hundred and fifty yeah. thousand. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So we're talking like one third the size. <laughs> cooked. We're cooked. It's not happening. Hey, when they build that new hotel resort thing with the tallest guy, we don't need a world. big convention center when we got the world's or the country's tallest building as an apartment complex. You just in split OKC. it up by four. Four is one through fifty. Just NBA have it outside on. at the fairgrounds. Now we're talking. 
during the gun show. All right, we got to move <laughs> Big on. Big League right. City. All right. Hey, the Thunder play a basketball game tomorrow against the hey. Clippers. Finally. Hey. It's a big game. The Thunder are 20 games above 500 at 37 and 17. The Clippers, 36 and 17. Uh, so that's a big one for playoff seating. Um, I believe the Thunder only play. Uh, do they play the Clippers anymore after this one? Is that it? After after tomorrow night, they do not play the Clippers, the Nuggets, or the Wolves again. They're done. That's big. That's big. And all those teams play each other uh, quite a bit. Okay. So, so I saw, so tomorrow's game. I don't know if you guys saw Mark's uh, quote about practice today, mentioning how the guys were coming back and practicing. He was like, do you guys want to practice more? And they were like, hell yeah. And then they went for like three more hours and he had to cut them off because they were practicing so hard. Uh, that got me pretty pumped about the game tomorrow. That reminds like, me so much of like the Thunder 1.0 era. Yeah. Young KD and Russ like a hunger. And Kendrick was talking about coming in and yeah, they, they do a lot of things very similar. That's like the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Back when Silva was like seven years old. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, we tomorrow will be the debut of Gordon Hayward. Uh, it sounds like Bismack Biombo will be available, but probably not play, I would assume. Uh, Mark kind of confirmed that he's kind of going to be situational. Some of the discourse on Gordon Hayward has been interesting to me, guys. Um, I love some of the euphemisms. Uh, that Mark Dagnott uses said with Gordon Hayward, we're going to measure twice cut once, which I think is interesting. Like they're basically saying they're going to like, take it real slow, make sure things are in the right position, make sure things are progressing correctly. I don't think Hayward plays 20 minutes tomorrow night, Nick. No, maybe 10 to 15. He's, he's going to be the guy that after game one, all the trolls on Twitter are going to say, Gordon Hayward trade. He played 12 minutes and went one of four from the floor. It, it, it's just, it, it's, it's no surprise. Like we, if I would have asked you a week ago, Jacob, what's, what's Mark's presser going to sound like whenever he talks about Gordon and, and it, we all would have said it's slow play and, and integrate him in at the right pace. And we're not going to throw him out there. You know, mm-hmm. he could like same with beyond, but like, I know it's situational. Uh, you could argue the Clippers have three, uh, solid seven foot centers. They don't have like a dominant center, but they have three really good rotation guys. Maybe, maybe situationally, he is a good guy for tomorrow. Um, but I think with with both of those new additions, you can't judge them based on what they do in February or even maybe like March. It's April in the playoffs. Like they didn't they didn't trade for these guys for the last twenty eight games of the regular season. Frankly, what I agree. Guys, with that. What are you guys looking for tomorrow night? Well, I just. One note on Hayward, like Mark is notorious for the only terms like coming to my mind right now is under promising over delivering. He always has these types of comments, but I could totally see tomorrow. I mean, Hayward's had the entire all-star break off starting to ramp back up. Obviously you want to integrate him into the team. It's been off since Christmas, buddy. Since yeah, true. Well, yes. Taylor just our break. We lost you there for a second. It just it like it puts oh, you in the uh, puts you in the reserve room. You got put in timeout, buddy. I got put in timeout for my, my Hayward hot, hot take. Well, basically, I could see where we see some spot minutes for him in the first half, a little more maybe in the third quarter. We don't see him at all in the fourth up until the very end. It's a close game against the Clippers. They want to win it. All of a sudden, we see Hayward come in and close with the starters. Like I could see something like that happening. It's like, yeah, we're ramping him up, but eh, I kind of want to win this game. And we see Hayward down the stretch. 
I don't know if he'll close tomorrow night, but I think within 10 to 15 games, he's he's closing pretty much all the games for OKC. Yeah. I feel I feel pretty confident about that. Tomorrow's all right. I'll go back to my timeout hole. <laughs> the the last time these two teams played, they um, the Thunder lost out in LA. The time before that, there was no Kawhi. The Thunder beat the Clippers and OKC. That game in LA was really competitive. And it was a insanely hot PG at the end of the game that just kind of went supernova and won it. Bad night for Chet, too, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what tomorrow night looks like. Both teams fresh coming out of the all-star break. I made a prediction on Sunday that I think Shea and Dub go for 30 each again. The matchups, the cross matchups, all of it's going to be really fascinating. What do, what do the Thunder do if the Clippers decide to do the whole put the big on Josh Giddy and use Kawhi on Chet Holmgren or something like that. Uh, how do they, they adjust to that? I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup and it's a pretty pivotal one for standings. I'm really curious how the Clippers approach things offensively. I think it's going to be a test for the defense. Also, obviously if you feel comfortable with Dort on Harden and that's like, that's happened before does well, well enough. You have PG and Kawhi. You assume it's going to be like an SGA, J-Dub type of deal. Yeah, I and speaking how... of that, JD, I don't know if you remember the last game. Sorry not to cut you off real quick, but I, I just want to get this point in as you're talking. The last game in LA, that was the matchup, and the Clippers tried to like post Shea up over and over and over again, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, like the the Clippers are a really good test case for the the size thing because you always think about whenever the people say the Thunder don't know how to deal with size, it's always like they don't know how to deal with Jokic or like bigs and that level of size. The Clippers have a different shade of that where all their size is in the wing position, guys that are just a little taller, stronger, way more. They're all veterans, and they can you know J Dub is still young. He's obviously like bulked up a ton in one year, but he's a second-year guy. Uh, I think he's going to do well enough, but SGA is on the leaner side. Lou Dort's a little small if one of those guys gets matched up. So I I, I wonder what that's going to look like, and I wonder if they who they want to attack. Like, do they want to attack SGA again, like you were saying, Jacob, in the post, or do they want to try and get Josh switched onto them and go at it in that direction? I don't know. don't know. That's going to be a really fun game. I'm really excited for it. Predictions on the uh, final score? Is it going to be close? Is it going to be a blowout? What are we thinking? I think it's a close one. It's probably a dumb question. It's in OKC, right? Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, I was like, it's back at a normal time. So it at must home. Be. Right. Uh, yeah. How much does Josh play? I had like 22 minutes in my head. Give me sub 20. Ooh. You think that's, Edwards... that's, that's been the trend against the, the bigger, better teams in the West. Is yeah. that a bet? I, I mean, like, you're wanting to bet something on that? Yeah. What do you want to bet? Another sandwich? Did you ever get your sandwich, JD? I did. It was delicious. Thank you, Nick. Hey, hey, pay, what kind did you get? Had to pay twice, twice the amount that I expected. Jimmy John's didn't deliver to JD's apartment complex. <laughs> so I had to, so I had to post... Home, like, not far. I had to Postmates. Had to walk this delivery person through the no, I, delivery I had to process. Postmates, a different sandwich shop that was more expensive, plus the delivery fee, plus the tax. 
So I learned my lesson, and we will not ever bet Jimmy John's with Jay De Silva again. That's a fact. Uh, <laughs> well, while you all were talking, I was looking up my key of the game, oh. which for me I think is three point percentage. I'm going to hold off going down a deep rabbit hole till we get to our special segment coming up. However, the Thunder are second in the league in three point percentage at 39.3, while the Clippers are first at 39.5%. So shout out to Stat Muse. I, while you guys were talking, I was able to do a little, it's kind of like Google for uh for basketball or for NBA basketball, which is nice. The Thunder this season are shooting 47.1% from three versus Clippers <clears throat> to the Clippers 43% against the Thunder, and they're one and one in that matchup. I think three-point percentage is going to be huge for this team. We saw Norman Powell come off the bench and torch the Thunder from three the last time they played, even after Paul George, which is going crazy, and Kawhi obviously getting to his spots. I think that's going to be really interesting to monitor. How are the Thunder able to guard the perimeter and throw different bodies at some of these guys like Paul George, Powell, Obviously, the uh, Paul George and Kawhi when they're playing together, you throw Russ in there. Like it, it, it'll be fascinating to see the different matchups. I think now that we're later into the season, post All Star break. Yeah, Jacob Tier uh, bet. Guess what's so the last two games against the Clippers? Guess Josh's minutes played in both those games. Twenty two and twenty five. Nineteen and fourteen. Oh wow! Dang, wow. fourteen. I don't think he'll play much. I really don't. I know a lot of people get in the comments on the YouTube here and like criticize (laughs) us for what we say about Josh. Like, I want Josh to succeed. I want Josh to be, and and he could turn it around. Totally could turn it around. But when you look at what's happening right now, and you look at it through like a an unbiased, non blue and orange lens, like his minutes are going down and down and down. His production is going down, and. That's nobody's fault. It's just he doesn't fit the role that he's playing right now. Maybe bringing Gordon Hayward shifts Josh over to a different role that he's more comfortable in. Maybe by the time the playoffs get here, he's playing 35 minutes a night. Could happen. But the trend right now is it's going poorly. And I think at least early on out of this All-Star break, that is the trend we will continue to see. And before the All-Star break, we saw Josh playing better. Especially that Orlando game, the last game before the, the Orlando break. game, they didn't put a big on him. Exactly. So I'm curious. That's my point. It's like, I, it, do we see Zubac or whoever else out there guard it, like another center guarding Josh Giddy? Mm-hmm. Who do they guard Giddy with? I think that will be pretty telling for what the Thunder need to do rotation wise heading into this game. And again, it just kind of comes down to matchups. I'm I'm fascinated to see how they start the game against Josh Giddy in the starting five. I have another really good way we could uh, break down ways that the Thunder could win this game. And that's with our new segment from our beloved sponsor, Spark OKC. Spark joy at Scissortail Park's family-friendly joint, Spark. Dive into their menu of burgers, bites, and cold delights. Don't skip the must-try BLC burger, pink fries, my favorite menu item on the menu, frozen peach club special, also delicious, and rotating custard flavored of the month. You guys had their custard... I have, I have not, not had their custard yet. I need either. to. Big fan of custard, though. Maybe, maybe live podcast here uh, towards the end of the season when we're all there. We get to custard. custard sampling. I like it. Located directly west of the Paycom Center, Spark is the best spot to hit before or after a Thunder game. We all know two scoops or even three scoops of custard is better than one, so be on the lookout for Spark number two and three coming to Chisholm Creek and Nichols Hills later this spring and summer. 
boys, it's time for us to pick our spark of the week. It's going to be a player, a concept, a lineup that we think will spark and drive the thunder this week. And before we do, Silva, yes, yes. So, as a non Oklahoma City resident and as somebody that wants to go to Spark, uh, I'm sure if, if I'm thinking it, listeners that have not been are thinking it. What is a pink fry? It's so a secret, guy. Nick. Okay, yes. so they don't actually tell you on the menu. They don't. But uh, yeah. as someone who's had the pink fries multiple times because it's the go-to item alongside their incredible burgers, it's like a little bit of a truffle sauce. Mm. It's kind of like truffle fries, but it's like yeah. their own special uh, house-made sauce. It's fantastic. Garlic involved. You know what? Yeah, it, definitely some garlic involved. They're very pink. I work downtown, very close to Spark. Uh, Thursdays are kind of our like uh, our cheat lunch where we all go out and like uh, and, and do something more like burgers and stuff rather than like a wrap or a salad or whatever. Yeah. Like, tomorrow I go go hit up Spark and send Nick a picture and our followers oh, a picture. I just googled it. It actually is pink. Yeah. yeah. Very oh yeah. Pink. It's, it's pink. delicious. It's like a yeah. Wow. They drizzle like Pepsi Abysmal pink. Sick. Yeah. Okay. So if you're like me and you've not been to Spark and OKC, uh, Google these pink fries because they look phenomenal. Apparently, they're part of OKC Restaurant Week recently. Uh, this looks really good. Okay, when I come to OKC next, we got to go get some pink fries. Sorry for the delay, Silva. Oh, it's great. Continuous <laughs> on. I, I had very, to ask. I, very I was important question. thinking, what the hell is a pink fry? <laughs> yeah, I get the, I, uh, the fries aren't actually pink, but it's a, it, like, they're the the sauces. Are pink. Yeah, yes. right, right. The order I've gotten like two of the three times I've gone, I get the like Shaka Spark Burger, which is like uh, jalapenos and like pineapple and uh, oh, the pineapple on top. Yes, For those I'm that live right now. Look how good that looks. Yeah, oh. holy cow! Oh, that's it. Yeah, Lunch is decided for tomorrow. I kind I kind of mess with crinkle fries, guys. Dude, I yes, I agree. Crinkle fries, like slept on. They're good. They're agreed. So good. Okay, well, all right. Spark of the week. Spark of the week. I got one for you. You ready? Let it rip. I went on a Canadian NBA show today, uh, audio only. That I didn't will know be that. dropping tonight, and so I will. Uh, both my personal and the the pod accounts on socials will push that out. They asked me this really fun question of like, who is the player on the Thunder that like the NBA like the dad who doesn't watch to the playoffs and then sees a guy play and says. Man, my team should trade for that guy. He's awesome. Who was that guy for the Thunder? I went with Isaiah Joe. And I think Isaiah Joe is going to need to be the spark, especially Thursday night, for the OKC Thunder to go out and get a win against the Clippers. His floor spacing, uh, obviously the, sh- the shooting, I think specifically like the screen to uh, guard-to-guard screen action, I think all those are are very important. I could see Joe having a very important night and being basically what Norman Powell was for the Clippers out in Los Angeles a couple months ago or a month and a half ago, whenever that game was, I could see Joe filling that role of going a guy that comes in and goes like four or five from three. And it's just the one that breaks your back. Isaiah Joe's a really good, really good selection. I've, I've honestly not forgotten about him, but I feel like he hasn't had like the microwave scoring aspect i feel like as much as he did the first like third of the season he's another guy that kind of i don't know it's felt like he's not disappeared in games like the pressure is always there when he's on the court but 
more often than not, he gets ran off the three-point line and then passes it out. And, like, the spacing is good. You know he can make a three still. He's just – I kind of wish he would shoot more. But I don't know. I I will go my spark of the week. I think – okay, two things. One is not a player. One is a concept uh, or philosophy. And that is come out and throw the first punch in the first quarter. Agreed. That is like – Especially, I mean, I know this is not tomorrow night is not a afternoon game, but when Oklahoma City got their butts beat in Dallas, there was a very clear post game like we've got to come out in these games. This is a theme that we saw like in all of January and part of February with with them being so tired, but the crazy schedule come out and throw the first punch. And they did the very next game and they won over the Kings for the first punch. If you, I think if the thunder win the first quarter, like tell me, tell me this quick answer. If the thunder leading out to the first quarter tomorrow night, how confident are you? They win the game. 80%. So there's numbers, but I, I would say fairly confident, pretty damn confident. Yeah. Yeah. That's I why think, I win 80. I think, yeah. If, if they win the first quarter, I think that they've got the perfect stagger lineup in the third and the fourth that, that works very well. It's like, statistically proven it works very well uh first quarter first half if they win either or both of those they should win the game uh my actual player spark of the week is kenrich williams because he has not been great over the last month or two months and he is a player that we all know does not need to play a lot of minutes have the ball in his hands to make a significant impact so if he can get back on track and like get back to the kenrich that we all know this team hits like a whole new level. I love those. I love both of those. And Nick, I wish like I agree with your original point or your original theme wholeheartedly and wish I had those lineup numbers pulled up. Um, and I also like that you went with both a theme kind of and a player because Jacob went, went with a specific player that kind of leads to my theme. So I have a theme for Spark of the Week. Bear with me here. I have stats. I promise it's not that long. That's what she said. But it kind of <laughs> <laughs> alluding to something I mentioned earlier against the Clippers, I think will be a big thing for this team, but really just moving forward throughout the rest of the season. And all of the Thunders win this season. This is per NBAStats.com. I did a little homework prior to the podcast. The Thunder in those wins are shooting 41.4% from three on 33.4 three point attempts per game. In their losses, they're shooting 34.9% on 35 three point attempts per game. So they're shooting less on more attempts. On the season, they're averaging 39.3% from three on 34 three-point attempts per game. So we're seeing those three-point attempts stay about the same. So if you haven't guessed by now, and I mentioned the Clippers being first in the league in three-point percentage, the Thunder three-point shooting is my spark of the week. Jacob looks like he's second-guessing me. No, you said they're shooting less on more attempts, and it took me a second Probably to... More. So it sounded like you're sh- they're shooting they're, sh- they're shooting less attempts on more attempts was how I interpreted oh, it at the beginning. Sorry. I was like, no, <laughs> what percentage wise they're makes yes. gotcha. Mm-hmm. So basically, when they're stacking up threes and aren't getting good looks, aren't hitting their shots, they're a little more three prone. They're losing those games, but when they're effective from outside, spacing the floor, that allows opens up the floor so much more for guys like J Dub, Shea, even Josh Giddy, now Gordon Hayward. I'm curious to see how that looks. So your spark of the week is. Offense. Make more threes. I think that's fair. It's a good spark to have. Mine, 
a little weird. Might not see it at all. But it's a lineup. It's a lineup with J-Dub and Gordon Hayward. That's all I want to see. I want to see that. I want to see how they play off each other, if they do it all. If Gordon's just like standing in the corner while J-Dub's running offense, or if there's a little two-man game going on, I want to see it. So, I don't know. We might like it for five minutes. I think they play well together. I also think they... I also think that Gordon Hayward plays the J-Dub and Shea role when neither on the floor. So I'm almost curious if they don't play a lot together because he, even at 33, has the creation, ball handling, facilitation, get to his spot type game. He can also play off ball very well. Um, But the same way we see J-Dub kind of take over as like the number one option when Shea's on the floor, I think there's those minutes where neither on the floor and it's like usually like Josh trying to figure things out. I think Gordon is going to have stretches this season where we're like, you know, this guy's cooking as the number one option. Maybe not tomorrow. Like again, he might play 12 minutes tomorrow, but it'll be fun. That was my initial reaction as well. So that like J dub and, and Hayward together, it's going going to be a lot of fun, but the two man lineup with Hayward that I'm most interested in is Josh Giddy. And I think mm-hmm. that allows kind of to Nick's point, J-Dub and Shea to play a little more together and also kind of shores up that lineup when, like Nick said, neither of Shea or Dub are on the floor. Like that'll be fascinating to watch and see how those lineups look and maybe gives this team a little more, I mean, depth, obviously, heading into the the postseason. But I'm just, I, I think it could give them some, it allows Josh to play a little more on ball. Just it kind of plays more to their strengths, so... Some sparks of the week in the comments section, guys. Uh, Adam says his spark of the week was Shea's deep three or the lob off the backboard at the All-Star game. Grief. Uh, Smoot says his spark of the week is J-Dub continues the scoring streak. I'm on record for that one as well. Uh, Nick Jordan says spark of the week is the Thunder defense shuts down Paul George. Ooh, That's going to be a fun matchup. Had that uh, ESPN article about from McMahon today. Yes, I read it very good. Yeah, and are they good? His spark of the week. Don't know about spark of the week, but the spark that brings me life are these post game interviews. (laughs) The dog. Bingo. Beautiful. So, aren't we all looking for the spark that brings us life? I'm still searching. (laughs) It's time to take an ad break. The real spark is friends we made along the way. (laughs) Exactly. All right, we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back from our ad break. Let's have a little discussion with 28 games remaining about the ceiling and the floor of the was, Thunder team. I was to be told specific, the not roof our is ceiling the ceiling. And our roof, roof is the ceiling, yes. The ceiling <laughs> Let- is the roof. Let's let's uh before we talk ceiling and floor twenty eight games you know I think we've got some some probably specific matchups we want to talk about and like the the start of the stretch um, it is a perfect split fourteen and fourteen home and road mm-hmm. uh, there is a four game road trip and a five game road trip along Those the are way big. there are two four game home stands one of which is the final four games of the regular season. Will that matter? Will it not? Probably will this to year. To some extent, for sure. Sure. It's nice. It's good this year. Um, Oklahoma City also, I think it's the seventh wor- no, seventh best in terms of like favorability, strength of schedule. I think the... 20, 24th, Nick, in difficulty. Uh, their combined opponents for the rest of the stretch are currently... Uh, at a 48, 48 game yeah. or 48 percentage, uh, yeah. one percentage. Uh, the only teams that have easier schedules than the Thunder would be Golden State, Memphis, Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, and Orlando. So teams that don't matter mm-hmm. in, in the grand scheme of things with understanding. So uh, I think to just set the stage on this like next conversation we're about to have, the Thunder should be the favorite in a lot of games down the stretch whether mm-hmm. they execute or not it gets out it, it's the nba you could have the easiest to schedule and have a really tough go of it uh they have a real chance to secure the number one seed in the west ultimately but on the floor side of things what i think we'll talk about as well they don't really have to and it's still like a bonkers 50 win season so silva i'll let you like open up initial questions thoughts you have on the final 28 but i think that was a an interesting tidbit to give some context to what these games look like. I, can I add a little more context to that? Yes, please. Um, the Thunder difficult games remaining. Uh, the game against the Clippers tomorrow night. They got one more against Boston in Boston. They got the Bucks twice, the Suns twice. They got to go to Madison Square Garden and they got the Pelicans. Flip side of that coin, they still play the Wizards once at home. They got two more with the Spurs. One more with the Charlotte Hornets, which scares the shit out of me because Trey Mann might go for 50. Uh, one against Portland, one in Toronto. We have some fun news about that Toronto away game coming up uh, maybe next week on the pod. And two more against the Memphis Grizzlies. So those, those easy games are pretty easy. One of those Bucks. Suns games sticks out. Bucks. One of those Suns games sticks out to me in early March because they play in Phoenix on national TV. I believe it's a TNT game, and then they play the Lakers immediately the next day on a Sega Baba Silva. Sega Baba. Sega Baba uh, against the Lakers on like NBA TV, so technically national TV. Regardless, that's a pretty tough stretch as well. Also, Clippers. Sorry, Nuggets and Wolves play three more times nuggets versus Clippers happens one more time. And then Clippers versus Timberwolves happens two more times. So that's five games of those teams going against each other, which are the teams that the thunder are competing with for that number one. Significant. 
So let's talk about. So if they go fourteen and fourteen, that'll put them at fifty-one wins. They go fourteen and fourteen would be. I think you guys would agree. Incredibly disappointing to close the season. Probably the worst case scenario. It it would is that so? Is that what is the floor of of this record? Like what is is that the worst 50, case scenario? I think I think fifty is the floor. I agree. Yeah, fifty, 50 wins on the yeah. season. That is stupid. Bonkers. And I don't even know how. What seed would fifty wins get you in this Western Conference? Four. I was going to say they'll they'll be fourth or fifth. I still. think so. And if that happens, I think it's because of an injury. You I have really to think do. like Agreed. like the the top four is in a different tier than than five like five through eight is kind of its own thing or five six seven. Um, I think they Jacob, you may have this pulled up. I think they are probably off top memory at least five games ahead of the fifth seed right now in the West. I do have it pulled up. Give me a one second. Uh, Thunder are 1.5 games out of first. The Mavericks are sorry. The the Suns are in fifth. They are six games out. So that is a four and a half game lead. Yeah. So if the Thunder were to go, if we say the floor is 500 and 14 and 14, the Suns would have to go something like there's no math on this pod. We've established that no math like 18 and 10 or something in that ballpark. That's crazy to jump the Thunder if they were to hit their floor. So all that to say, it would take it would take a crazy close to the year for the Thunder not to be top four and host in the first round. So like blanket statement, what's the floor? The floor is hosting a first round playoff series. I agree. I just looked through the schedule of the last twenty-eight and I tried to be fair and unbiased and looked at which games will the Thunder not that I think they will win, which games should they be favored in and just chalk those ones up as as wins. If they just do that, I think there's 17 games they will be favored in, for sure. That puts them at 54 wins. They will be favored in much more than 17. That's kind uh, of how I feel too. I, was, I think that feels low. If if they just beat, if okay, so there is, uh, there's there is at least eight games this year in which the team they're playing, eight games the rest of the season against teams that have not won more than 20 games yet. So, and you're never going to beat all those teams. There's going to be the game where you lose, to the, game. you lose to one of those teams and the fan base freaks out. But assuming like for every one of those you lose, you beat somebody else. A good team. If you just win those eight games and then show up to the rest, you're going to go 14 and 14. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys this. We're talking floor. Ceiling. Can they get to 60? I hate saying no because I've I've said no to this team all year long and they keep doing what you think they can't. I don't I don't think so. 60 would would be 23 and five. Yeah. Aggressive. Aggressive. That's bonkers. I think like 57 is kind of what we're looking at there. If I'm looking at health is good and yeah, I haven't even pulled the schedule. I'm looking, at, point I'm looking at 54. That's a ceiling. Yes. So 50 as the floor, 54 as the ceiling. I think so. Thunder are 21 and 12 against teams above 500, by the way. So yeah. I think ceilings closer to 58, 59. I think floor is 50. Well, if, if you're, if you're saying like the best case scenario or something, right. yes, yes. I guess right. if that's, if that's ceiling. Then yeah. Yes. 
I my, think, my expectation I think realistic, is to be Yeah, I think realistic, I would go like 54, 55. That's where I exactly what I was thinking. What was it's, your what was your record? Uh, can we pull the clip preseason? What everyone was saying the record prediction was. I was. <laughs> we do need I'll to be do the that. first to say I was forty one and forty one, and this team's about to eclipse that before. I, March. I said, oh, did I go forty five? I might have gone as low as. I think I went slightly over, and I think the over under was forty three and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's they're right. They're gonna beat. Yeah, guys, they're gonna I beat I the over under by 10 plus they beat it by 16 the year before like a t- this team is going to go like a positive 26 to 30 in a two-year span i'll go on the record now i think next year they hit under on their preseason over under because i think it'll be so astronomical <laughs> next year's over under from vegas is going to be like 58 and a half yeah oh yeah as it should honestly you heard it here first folks 70 and, wins for the Thunder next season. Even if they get bounced Hammer first it. round, like this is still a team that's proven they win in the regular season. Yep. Right. Last season, their over-under from Vegas was like 23 wins. Yeah. That's, they won, that's they won 40. <laughs> and our best case scenario podcast had was our floor. We just outlined our floor of 50 wins. Our best case scenario podcast may have still been under that <laughs> before the season started. That's fair. Like, yes. It'd be fun to go back and listen. Best case, yeah. That's yeah. so a while to think about. We do need to pull that up and clip it. All right. Uh, best case, I mean, obviously, worst case in the playoffs is like you get swept in the first round. Yeah. I don't think they're getting swept. No. What's the best case as far as the playoffs? Is it like how much is it matchup dependent? Like, do you think it's they have to draw the right matchup in order to advance? Or are they just good enough to like beat anybody out there on any given day in any given series? And where is the ceiling of like the end of the season? And where realistically do you think this, the, the end of the season happens? I, I don't know where the ceiling is in the playoffs necessarily. Like I've tried to put a ceiling on the team all season and, and we've, we have not been able to define that ceiling yet. Exactly. So I have a hard time saying, like I don't want to come out here and say the the, the finals are the ceiling, but they just keep I think winning. The finals is a little too ambitious. I'd go I'd go Western Conference finals, finals. Is probably the safest is like the ceiling. There. Yeah, and it I, I could certainly I could see them. I could also see them getting eliminated in the first round in in a, in a seven game series against the Lakers or the Warriors, and just because those teams know how the playoffs work well shit it could be a, it could be a four or five matchup too like it could right. be the dallas mavericks the phoenix suns who had a great mm-hmm. close to the season and had momentum yeah. and you fell to four and that's where you're at yeah i don't feel i remember in thunder 1.0 there were series that they would enter and i would just feel confident like oh they're they're winning that in five the portland and, series with dame and pg that was the best that was the clear easiest path baby <laughs> i i something i've been thinking about i don't want to like turn this into a conversation but Something to think about. Maybe talk about it closer to. Shea talked about it at All-Star Weekend. Like, what what gets this team to the next level? And it was like playing time, experience, basketball, and time, and like playoff reps. Um, this team obviously just needs reps. And the more reps you can get, you go to the West Conference Finals, that's a lot more games, a lot more minutes. I think Mark has just as much pressure and or need for reps than the players do like it, that's fair we could very easily be having a conversation this offseason of like holy crap mark is the coach for the next decade or we could be having the conversation of man mark didn't really adjust the right way 
is is he the guy like now that the rebuild's over and they've got their guys is mark because when he got hired i think all of us said mark is the guy for the development mark may not be the guy long term i'll tell you i'll tell you what right some of the stuff they've done has me convinced but we don't know until the playoffs. We don't know. We and don't and they're, they're not going to like cut ties after one year, of course. No, for sure. But like the, the, the conversation around Mark, it's, it's kind of been refreshing. We have not had to like criticize or talk about Mark's job security ever. And we're not probably going to after one playoff series, but like after the Billy Donovan and Scott Brooks eras where it's like every year we're talking about coach is he the right coach to the guy. We haven't had to talk about that in like five years. It's awesome. He's yeah, done nothing but more confident honestly. about it than, than ever. Yeah. Last yeah. one before we move on that I, I mentioned earlier, I want to circle the wagons back. I think the Thunder will be top four and have home court advantage, like Nick mentioned earlier. How much is winning a first round series matchup dependent? Like, and, and does that take anything away from this team? Or, I mean, everyone has a matchup that they like or they don't like, but like really good teams, it's, it's, hey, we're going to go win the series because we're the better team. Do you guys feel that way yet? Or is it very much a matchup-dependent thing for this team, especially in the first round? I don't really think it is because with this team, we've seen them compete with the very best, like we've talked so much about. And here they are at second in the West, essentially first in the West, uh, coming out of the All-Star break, two-thirds of the way through the season. So, yes, I have references, obviously, of who I would prefer to play. Like, if the Lakers or the Warriors are there, like, and they make it through the play-in, and we're, like, second in the West, and they're, you know, seventh or eighth, whatever it may be, that's going to be a little more difficult of a matchup than maybe, like, the Pelicans, in my mind. That being said, I... I'm not just saying it in a seven-game series. Playing the Warriors doesn't really worry me in the playoffs. Is that crazy? That's crazy. It... I don't know. Maybe I, it, it, those teams worry me more. Playing them first round worries me more about the Thunder's chances in the second round, honestly. And that's me being the a, only a thing that worries me about a Warrior series is Draymond hurting somebody. It, well, it's a mental battle against the Warriors, right? And speaking of adjustments, um, I just think it would be a, a grind of a series, even though the Thunder should and probably will come out top. And that then I think any you first in the round is going to be a, guy, a grind for them. I think they can beat the Warriors in the first round. I think they can beat almost anybody in the first round. But then you're thinking about second round and third Question. round. <laughs> as as we watch this team close out this season, there's 28 games left. Are you – take the bias out, please, if you can. Never. Are you more or less confident in this Thunder team winning – a playoff series than you were the Kings a year ago when they entered the playoffs. It's a good question. I think there's some parallels. Like obviously the Thunder, I think have been better than the Kings holistically. Like they flirted with number one all year round. The Kings were, were kind of there for a little bit, but I think everybody kind of felt they were going to fold it where they did kind of middle of the pack West in terms of like the four or five area. Uh, I kind of, for I, me, I kind of, I don't know. I think the Thunder have more two-way guys than the Kings did last year, and that makes me feel better. But also for me, like, it's impossible for me to take that bias out because the Kings were quite literally the Kangs up until last season. Like, literally. We, they had we good had players. Like, you, you can rag on the front office all you want. 
but they had the play. The players on the court are what matters. And they had a good roster. So how did you like the Kings roster last season compared to the Thunders this season, Nick? Because I think I would take the Thunders roster this season, oh, even I mean, though they obviously have not matched up well with the well, Kings they, in the season. They have the better number one for sure in Shea. Like there was nobody last year that was top two in MVP for the Kings. Um, I would argue though, while I would probably take like Jada and Chet and those guys long term, Fox and Sabonis and Malik Monk and the guys that, like more experienced depth. That was going to be my point, which you can kind of lean on in the playoffs. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the Thunders, the th- the twenty twenty three four Thunder, are a better roster both now and in the future than the Kings last year. Right. But playoff I wise, funny. I think the Kings may actually, outside of like ha- not having a number one guy, may actually have been similar. I I think it's a seven game series, probably six or seven games. I still worry more about the Warriors and the Lakers in a first round series because of that experience and depth that you've mentioned, or just the caliber of players like LeBron and AD or Steph, Draymond clay, even though clay's been awful um, in comparison to Malik monk and Fox and Sabonis who have done it one time. And I guess the year prior to that, they're like made it through the plan. Uh, they don't worry me nearly as much. I think as those other two in a first round series, even though I think the thunder could win against either of those three teams. It's yeah. just a matter of like how tough does that make the second round for this team, right? I'll tell you this. We talk a lot about the experience factor in the playoffs and the fact that you need to go through it and see what it's like. It's not going to surprise me if the Thunder win their first round series in six games and play a second round series to six or seven games. Like the experience matters. I think sometimes we like fantasize that a little too much at the end of the day it's hoops and against a lot of these teams when push comes to shove and it's a grinded out mucky nasty half court game uh and it's 96 to 102 with three minutes left in the fourth quarter the thunder got the dude that can just go get you the freaking bucket two of the dudes who can just take over and that's what you need in the playoffs. Like but, you, you just need some MFers. But and, so, so do the other teams. If you're playing the Suns, they got Book, Kevin, and Brad. True. If you're playing the Mavs, they got Luca and Kyrie. If you're playing the Kings, they got Sabonis and Fox. Like, see, that's where I worry less about the Kings. But to your point, no, like, no, I, I, no ex- just Warriors. examples, just examples. Like three minutes left, close game in the playoffs. You're getting both those guys, just like you're giving them both your guys and get a bucket of possession. It's it's yeah. tough. Like to Jacob's point, if the Thunder went to the Western Conference Finals, I would not be surprised. Like if we're sitting here potting in the Western Conference Finals, I, I would I would say at this point in the season, not surprising. If they get bounced in the first and six games, I'm also not surprised. Agreed. Totally agreed. If they're podcasting in the Western Conference, if we are podcasting and they're in the Western Conference Finals, I will also have the Avatar arrow painted on my board. <laughs> Love it. We we all might. We all might. There might be shirts. We might make like <laughs> the Avatar arrow shirts and uh, tie it all together. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be stressed the hell out though for the playoffs. Girl, I, I can't. I can't wait for play. that stress. That's fun stress. I just want to see them play one game. I don't. And know. then I will I, feel good. I, I straight up dry heaved during the Chiefs' third Super Bowl uh, run. Yeah. Or I guess fourth Super Bowl run, third Super Bowl win. 
Uh, Humble brag. I, I, it was <laughs> like for the Thunder. I might be passed out. I might not even yeah. like see oh, I know. I'm, game six of a Western Conference Finals. I ugh. takes me back though. Takes me back to the good takes old days. Me back to the seventy better days or loss or whatever it was. Better days. <laughs> yeah. Silva's first post game. Yeah. Good times. Look at All us right. now. Who would have thought, Silva? I know. Look at us now. Holy hell! All right, let's take another <laughs> break. We're gonna do a quick mailbag because we're almost at an hour. Okay, it's time to open up the mailbag. We um, just got a letter. We just got a letter. <laughs> if I had a mailbag sounder, I don't think I'd do. I think that's a great one. We need do Silva dogs? or Silva. We need uh, Jacob singing the Blues Clues. That's true. I wonder who it's don't from. dogs chase mailman away? What mm-hmm. the dog doing? Beautiful. Chasing Fair. the mailman away. Dropped off the mailbag. When you get an email, it sounds like you're a ding sounder, Silva. There we go. We got some emails. <laughs> oh, God, emails. All right. I'm going to read these off. We're just going to fire away. Jacob, I'm going to need your help on one of them because I haven't interacted with that property in a long time. Okay. All right. Number one from Cam Warner on Twitter. He asks, as a brand new Thunder fan, who are my biggest rivals and why do I hate them with the passion of a thousand burning stars? Ooh, <laughs> this is a fun one. Who's the, number, the Nick, who's the number one rival right now? Um, are we talking Twitter rival or actual rival? Yes. <laughs> okay. This if person is on Twitter. Fan, it all funnels. If you're into a new it. fan, who who are you telling them to hate? Um, I would say Minnesota's in the conversation. Although I yeah, think it's we more we hate one-sided. Aunt Edward. Hey. Yeah, I think hey! it's, I think it's one sided, but I think that's a thing. I think the Rockets is more of a social media than it is a real. The Rockets is is was high on my list. Um, it's not real the, because they're like they're like not a team without Fred VanVleet currently. Yeah, they're like one and six. Ooh. Draymond Green is on the list. You hate Draymond Green yeah. and everything he does ever. And the Warriors yeah. for historical purposes. I I think I, mean, I think Dallas is a kind of up there, especially if the it's playoffs brewing. this season end up the way we think it could. Like there's a real chance they play each other. Yeah, the first round. Uh, I would say if I were to forecast, I think the grit and grind Grizzlies and the Thunder, like three years from now, we're talking about like phase two or era two of those two being okay. a rivalry. Uh, today it's not because they suck because their teams either suspended or hurt. But I think that there's a real possibility that next year when everyone's back, that they're once again a contender and that could be a good one. up there. So. All ESPN and TNT announcers gotta hate them. They're on the <laughs> yeah. list. Yeah. Okay. You guys are. Re- I, I can't believe it. My number one is easily the Rockets. I'm going to quickly walk you through this here, Cam. Okay. So you had the <laughs> the, the Harden trade in 2013, and then Harden explodes that next season. In the interim, you have a bunch of playoff battles between the Thunder and the Rockets. Then you have the CP3. Or sorry. Then you have the Russ versus Harden MVP debate, which is maybe the biggest mvp debate we've had ever in the history of the league then you have the cp3 for rust trade and the thunder in the bubble go seven games with the the rockets and harden gets that block off uh lou dort from three when Dort had his dory 40 
And now you have this debate about whose rebuild is better. And, and oh, I love that the Rockets are going all in. Why why don't the Thunder do that? And, and you got the Alper and Shangun trade. Yeah, the Alper and Shangun trade. It's the Rockets easy. Shangun, top three player in the last three draft classes I've heard on Twitter. And now yeah. they want to trade Jalen Green to build around uh, Shangun. Like, what a time. My, 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 how the turntables. Yeah, I've seen uh, Jalen Green needs to play on a team that's not good. So we need to trade him. It's like, guys, what do you think is going on? Maybe don't trade for Brad Van Fleet. And, <laughs> you uh, you are that team. You are that team. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't know. I think you guys said all the good ones. There's like kind of a, there's a lot brewing. Like Nick's Memphis thing. I don't know if you saw. So the Thunder been doing the barking thing. And in one Memphis post game, I saw Jaw say something afterwards about like, no, we're the ones that do that. And he and his, and I don't know who it was, him and Jaron Jackson and maybe Gigi Jackson were all kind of doing that. And this they were doing it on Instagram messages. Live. And Instagram Live. Um, no guns then, were involved. No guns were involved. <laughs> Um, and then the Dallas thing is really brewing. Maybe that's just me because I'm just angry when I watch. We forget games. that like from 2011 to 2019, the Mavs and Thunder played in the playoffs like four times. Mm-hmm. Thunder dominated besides 2011. Uh, obviously, the Mavs won it all that year. But like that was a very common playoff series. We haven't even talked Chet Wemby. It could, that's, 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 another, that's another foreshadowing. Yeah, I think the Spurs are are not a year or two years away from being a contender. They're they're a year or two years from being, from being like interesting. They're not interesting at all this year, but they're a ways from being a contender. Yeah, you have a lot of good options, Cam. <laughs> yeah, basically Cam. everybody hates Okay. Hate See, everybody. He, he stole the team from Seattle. Let the hate embrace you. Yeah, yeah. hating Again. is fun. Actually, it turns my blood into lightning. All right, next one. Owen on Twitter asks, will Gordon Hayward take over Josh's spot in the starting lineup? And if so, how soon will it be? I know we talked about this on a recent pod. We could just do a quick rapid fire. 28 games left. He takes it. Game 16. I think Nick and I agree on this one. I don't think Josh ever takes over the starting position from Hayward, but he closes the games, and that's what matters. Nick was all over this. The inverse of that. Take the game versus what Taylor just said, because he said it opposite. Gordon will not take Josh's starting spot, but he will close a lot of games. I agree. Correct. That's what I meant. Thank you. Got my best man on it. I second that. I don't know if he's ever going to officially supplant him until the playoffs. All right. Next one. Cody Spicer on Twitter asks, let's say the Thunder make it to the second round. Have a good series, but drop it. If Hayward does make a difference as a role player, what would you feel okay with his next uh, what would his next contract have to look like for you guys to feel okay in terms of length and money and options? Two for 30. Oh, I was, was going to say go like two for 22. I was saying two for 30 with it, but with a team option in the second year. You yeah. ready, you, you ready for this? Here is the order, oper, order of operations of what happens this summer. Draft night. Thunder make a trade with picks to go get an established player to come to this team. Maybe it includes Josh Giddy, Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Then they renegotiate a new contract with Isaiah Joe. They then exercise the team option to make Aaron Wiggins a free agent and sign a new contract with him. Lock him up long-term. The Isaiah Joe contract will come in at a number that will shock people 
but I think under market value. I'm thinking like 17, 18 a year. Mm-mm. Lou Dort's number shocked people too right away. Mm-mm. Nick, are you saying that's too low for Isaiah? It's way too low. I think so too. History tells us that shooters get paid more than that in the year 2021, and we're in the year 2024. I, hey, what was that? My Siri, my Siri is going <laughs> off behind me. I'm sorry. And then the Thunder, after they are over uh, the luxury or uh, over the cap, after they make the uh, off balance trade, extend those two guys, then they re-sign Gordon Hayward with bird rights to somewhere between uh, two years, 20 to two years, like 26. Let me let me tell you that I completely agree with your order of operations. This thing should happen. But in 2024 with player mobility and movement and things, you never re-sign all the guys you want. It just doesn't happen. So I think one of the guys you described before Gordon Hayward will be gone. Okay. Not Maybe not th- this summer, but like longer term. Whether it's trade or free agency, I don't think Sam let anybody like walk walk. But uh, the reality is, in three years, fifty percent of the roster will be different. That's just that's just how the league works. As much as we love Isaiah Joe and Aaron Wiggins and Gordon Hayward, like they're not all. It's it's not like this is the team, and they're gonna like re-sign everybody and then just like add some guys. Like there's gonna be a lot of movement. Uh, I agree with your logic, though. I still think that Gordon Hayward. The question was if he is a uh difference maker what do you resign him for and my assumption is be the difference maker he gets the two for 30 it's fair i i keep coming back to this but i think so many thunder fans obviously get so attached to a lot of these players as we all do and they keep thinking like okay the thunder casualties of them emerging from this rebuild are the players like the trey mans and the darius paisley's that's not the case it may not even be josh giddy and I think makes on to something with the Aaron Wiggins and the Isaiah Joes. So it's just something to keep an eye on, not, not necessarily the summer, but moving forward. I think Nick brings up a really good point. I was thinking back to the Kenrich Williams extension summer and how they kind of kept everybody around and kind of surprised us with the renegotiations. Kenrich is another good name. So we'll see. Silva, next question. Next question from our guy Clark Matthews on Twitter. He asks, to which house would Thunder players pledge their banners in Game of Thrones? This is a great Jacob. one. I get you. He said, Jacob? <laughs> I don't Take know how much time we have. I know. We could go long on this one. Could get real deep on this one. Um, get really... Man, this one's difficult. Like, is Chet the... House Lannister? Kind of like the cocky flame boy swag kid. He could definitely be uh be some Lannister. I've got SGA for House uh House Martell with the like, you know, the the swagger, the no shirt underneath the jacket, like that is Shay to a T, okay. the warm weather. I like that one. The other one I had was Lou Dort, House Baratheon. Robert Baratheon going into war with like his headset and all that with the the hammer, like I think that's fair. right by his side. Just I, I, yeah, Those uh, are my two. I'm, I'm not a huge. I, I love Game of Thrones. I'm not a huge like. I don't listen to the podcast and like look at the 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 map afterwards and where these places are at. Like I, I don't get that deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a question for Jacob, maybe since he's the Game of Thrones expert. Uh, I'm ready. Who is, 
Who is Reek on this team? Okay. Oh, no. 100%. That hurts. 100% it is Poku. That breaks What is dead may never die and rises again. Poku still alive, baby. Is, uh, Doesn't Jada... Reek end up being a really good guy, though? Or yeah. no? Mm-hmm. Well, dead may never die, but rises again. After he got so his may... nuts dropped off. Maybe Poku yeah. ends How's up being you? like the difference in a playoff series. He lost his there, you there, we um, there we go. There we go. J Dub, aka the King of the Fourth, has got to be House Stark, right? One hundred percent. And I had Kenridge Williams in there as well. Nice. Grizzly really, made for the North. I maybe put Shay as like House Targaryen. Little Azora High going on there. The prince that was promised. A little bit. A little bit. Um, is Who? Gordon Hayward or Josh Giddy House Greyjoy? I feel like it's got to be one of them. No, Josh Giddy is. Um, House Tyrell. Tyrell. Oh, you're right. That's, it literally yeah. blows my mind that you guys are talking about these houses and you're right. what you're talking about. Uh, who? Yeah. What about the the redheaded guy with the beard that's not in the house? He's like a no oh, wildling. Guy. Yeah, yeah wildling. Wildling. The who are the wildlings on this team? Hmm, that's a good question. Good, good, good or bad? It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Right. Those right, guys right. are kind of cool. Yeah. So wildlings are bad. like barbarian <laughs> badasses who don't. How does it sound like? Like me? don't have a king. Um, Kind of fend for themselves. <laughs> that's Silva. <laughs> oh my God. Who does that fit on this team? Yeah, that's a tough one. It's, it's damn sure not Usman Jang. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Oh. Uh, Usman Jang is. Uh, he's like the prince that's been locked away for his entire life. No, he's never um, like, seen a life experience. He's Grey Worm. Worm. Who the hell is that? Uh, the eunuch fighter. That oh no, with, um, Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, hmm. huh. no, who's buried Usman with that one? It's a lot of names. The Unsullied. It's, it's unsullied. all coming back Thank to me. The Unsullied. Thank all coming back. Yep. All right. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Oh, Matt Clarkson said Henrich is the wildling on the team. Yeah, that's probably that's a good one. That's a good one. Than start. Hell start. All right. Last one. Mookie, Mookie on Twitter asks, uh, anyway, does Bismack end up as the main backup five? He said he looked at some clips. He had some 15.15 rebound games. Would like it to back up Chet so we don't My guy got protection. sucked down the YouTube hole. He did. When you watch the highlights, you're like, why isn't every team beating down the door for this guy? He's incredible. Yeah. Jay Will's the backup. Disagree. Ooh. He's going to say Kenrich. I'm not going to say Kenrich either. There is not a right answer to this question. Oh. The answer to the question is depending on the matchup, depending on the night, depending on the situation, as Mark alluded to, situational. Uh, Jay Will, Kenrich, and Bismack will be the backup center based on the situation. There will never, ever, ever, ever be, at least on this year's Thunder team, a every night backup center. That ain't how I mean, this team fair. works. Nick, let me ask you. They play the Clippers tomorrow, the Wizards on Friday. Then Avdia comes to town just to mock me. The next, the following three games at Rockets, home versus Rockets, at Spurs. Do we see Bismack in one of those next five? Yes. Okay. Yes. JD, do you agree? Wow. Hell yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, Bismack has those next five. He has. 16 rebounds. That'd be, oh, 
total? Total. I thought you were saying in one game. I was no. like, hey, God dang, Nick. He's an animal. Sure, I'll take it. Okay. I'll agree with you. Yeah, why not? All right, we're about to get out of here. I like this question from Nick Jordan. Off topic, who is Adam Flagler? Who is Adam Flagler? That's a basketball he player, is isn't a... it? He's a, he's a, a member of the Thunder franchise, Silva. Uh, he is a... NBA oh, you're right. Champion. There he is. He's a small guard. like you talk NCAA about... champion, not NBA champ. Yeah, yeah, right? he, he, he <laughs> Baylor, is, former he is... Baylor guard. He is another Jared Butler, where he not like the same skill set because they're actually kind of different. Um, undersized guard that likely will never be a starting or even like a sixth man backup point guard, but he's interesting as like a younger college seasoned has won a lot of games kind of guy. Okay, I like it. Now we know who Adam Flagler is. Anything else before we get out of here, boys? I'm excited for basketball. We love basketball. Back up tomorrow. Who's got the podcast tomorrow night? Good question. I have no idea. That would be a good thing for us to know. <laughs> it would. Somebody will be. If uh, only somebody like Jacob owned the spreadsheet and could tell us. It is Taylor Humble. Peterson tomorrow. Oh. I got Friday night after the Wizards Damn. game. So Great join one. the Denny Avdia fan club podcast Friday night. There we go. Will he go Jacob's for 40 or he go for four? Off. What's more likely? Four. <laughs> J Dub's putting the clamps on him. Thunder killer Denny Obvia. Gordon Hayes scoring fifty. All right, that's enough Denny Obvia talk for one night. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Thanks for uh, joining us in the live stream, giving us your sparks of the week, <laughs> uh, leaving us comments. They're always very funny. Thanks for listening to us afterwards. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow night after the Clippers game at the Thunder. Hopefully, win. Until then. Adios and thunder up.